0: hi everyone uh this is an update from our air to air kind of uh, this might turn into a series i think because it's becoming very quickly a very big interest of mine air to air heat pumps uh where are they needed how do we use them are they any goods are they rubbish should we just use air to water loads of questions seen a kind of previous video today I've got on Richard Clark um Richard uh well he'll tell us a bit about his background but this is kind of his bag uh, and has been for a very long time Rich can you tell us a bit more about your sort of background
1: hi Adam um yes I started out when I was about 13 so I used to write to the likes of Mitsubishi Electric and Dakin and ask for service manuals and books to sort of understand how their products worked I would literally be really you know sort of interested in the technology behind it and everything like that and that's kind of developed as i've gone through my career currently working sort of facilities management so i run massive commercial office buildings with you know you can imagine huge amounts of kit in the buildings the control strategies the bms systems that are in place for me is kind of just bread and butter now so for me to talk about it on a residential element you know it's a smaller version of that and that's why i'm really you know interested in the channel here i would definitely say i'm a, a true heat geek
0: the fact you do what you do and who you are and me who i do what i am i think you, you said it earlier on just before we recorded you need to have an interest in this really to get to to really get into it because there's a lot to learn right unless you're like spoon-fed it like we've done with the course would you would you find that as well
1: absolutely yeah so it, it's another language isn't it when you start go into the depths of controls and everything like that it's from what you see on your boiler you know from what uh, you know mrs dorothy can see on her boiler controls to what we can see we're looking behind the behind that aren't we and we're looking into the language used and the terminologies and everything like that and then we put that into a way that people can understand you've got engineers at the minute and i'm on some refrigeration engineer forums i'm not fgas registered but you know, I'm th- for the work that I'm in. I can sit in a room and sort of tell engineers that I think the wrong, that kind of thing. And then yeah. I'll get the controls experts who earn a lot of money. Should I say six hundred quid a day for a BMS engineer to come to a building and yeah, sit yeah. there in front of a computer and and you know these kind of things is an engineer will just shrug the shoulders, you know. Yeah. And then you'll get people like us that might be interested in that side yeah. of thing yeah. and want to branch out but don't understand the technology. Yeah, yeah. And you know put off by manufacturers wanting to charge certain amounts of money for the courses to understand the care
0: exactly you know there's
1: certain yeah. features on some of these systems i'm like why are they not enabled by default why is it something that is there as an option but at the marketing period on the youtube videos it's there is a feature but they're yeah. not enabled by default
0: yeah, 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 yeah. There's, uh, there's a long way to go with all, but I think, and as sort of automation stuff comes in, I think hopefully all that opens up, and we just let computers do uh, some of it. Has to be taken off us because computers are more intelligent than people.
1: Yeah, yeah, designed yeah.
0: around to do one task. It's
1: so interesting think- how us in this country. Do air conditioning very differently to say america you know i I went to florida on holiday and literally they air conditioned the street almost because all the shops have the doors open they use these massive huge big air handling units to provide the air through the building whereas we've got these little zone split systems which works more efficiently and these huge air handling units just dump air into the floor so much that it just spills out into the floor outside
0: watching my video where were the gaps? So I, I would represent a typical uh, heating engineer's kind of view, potentially. Um, uh, well, maybe not typical. Maybe it's a little bit more in depth. Where were my gaps? Well, what was incorrect?
1: So I think Adam, your um, gaps were in relation to the knowledge between obviously what you do for a living with at the moment air to water, um, the heat geek side of stuff. I think air to air is something that's been around for quite a while now but it's very misunderstood. Most people just see air to air, you know, more commonly known as air conditioning, which has been around for a long, long time. Not I think can... though, is it? pretty much is though, isn't it? Because it's a heat pump. A heat pump is literally moving heat from one place to another
0: but air, air condi- yeah, heat pump is, yeah. But yeah. air conditioner is meant to control CO2 and humidity, isn't it? And it doesn't do CO2, so. Not CO2, do- so you're removing, so
1: you've got to think, right, whether you're indoors or outdoors, so whether you're moving the heat from inside, from cooling to the outside, yeah or you're moving it from the outside to the inside yeah, that's heat you've got pump yeah. you've got a compressor that's moving that heat from one area to another just that's like nice. your fridge freezer does from so inside that's a heat, to the outside There. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware yeah. it's
0: a heat pump but is it is it air conditioning if it doesn't control um co2 because it's not conditioning the air is it so
1: m- no air conditioning systems really control the co2 level oh so obviously there is certain close control systems obviously operating theaters that control the dust level in the system through really advanced filtration mechanisms you'll have air handling units on commercial office buildings that can be programmed and work with a certain control strategy to bring more fresh air into the building to control the um the co2 levels in the building based on what's being taken out of the building they'll ramp the fan speeds up to sort, you know a bit like you opening your, all your windows as opposed to one window in your house so there are systems that will control the co2 but an air conditioning system as i would call a simple split system or a multiple split system or a vrv system they're all known as air, air conditioning systems do, do, you,
0: do you know nathan from biz teach i don't know nathan to talk no nope he did have an argument with that with you yeah. about that but i'm not going to be involved because <laughs> it.
1: Yeah. it you whatever you're doing with the air you condition it so whether you're removing particulates from the air you are conditioning that air you, you know it depends on how much you're doing it controlling the temperature of the air whether that's through heating or cooling you are conditioning that air generally it's accepted air to air systems will filter the air to some degree yeah. you know that kind of thing. So, okay. it, you know, humidity control. Yes, there's an element in cooling. One of the byproducts of cooling the air is you remove humidity if, if you're yeah. cooling below the dew
0: point. Yeah, 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 which is always makes things more comfortable with uh, furnace. Absolutely. In. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's get to meat and bones uh so a lot of things i was talking about was uh about um uh comfortability and uh I, I mean i think this is a well-known thing in the industry and you've already agreed with me previously on this that radiant heat just is more comfortable so yeah. my, my my system you pointed out actually there's tons of controls in there that i could probably could have got into and played around with don't have the time um uh but perhaps someone could at some point um but what what the point is is although it can be less comfortable and you do have to have the air temperature a bit higher which can counteract a potentially better scope there's many things you can do inside the system to reduce the cycling reduce the air flows and there's less air movement there's stuff we can do to make it more comfortable and we've probably not done any of that so my experience is probably totally inaccurate right
1: yeah quite possibly and i think we're going back to the whole argument which is kind of really what your car set out to do was to better the industry so we've got air conditioning engineers that obviously have had to, have to do an F gas to be able to install that equipment, and they know how the refrigerant cycle works, I would assume you know that kind of thing. But they're installing units and then they just set and forget you know if you're lucky you might get the engineer to show you how to use the controller that kind of thing and how to turn it on and that you know whatnot. But we've got systems that are being installed. And if you've got a wired controller, which I believe your cassette unit, your ceiling mounted cassette unit does have, the settings in there that can be optimized based on the installation, because no two rooms are the same. So you've got certain settings in there to account for the ceiling height of the room, you know, obviously it's accepted that warm air rises so a unit blowing warm out air out at ceiling level will possibly struggle to get the the air down to the lower parts of the room where people are actually sit. so the settings in there straight away that should be checked. To be able to see if if it's set for the room conditions, you can also set where the unit reads the temperature from so again on a wired controller you usually have a little sensor inside there for it to read from where you're actually sat in the room. or by default, if you don't have a wired controller, it will read from the unit which again it's reading it from quite a warm space at ceiling level, which is where all the air tends to gather
0: it's on the air inlet obviously
1: on the air inlet yeah that's correct yeah so by setting that unit so it reads from where the wired controller is assuming the wired controller is in the same room as the unit that yeah. you're using to cool or heat the space that you're better off setting it at that because that's generally usually about 1.3 meters from the floor that you know light switch level
0: so just um so so really amazing uh, first point there though and I suppose the whole point is uh, just like the heating industry, uh, we get a gas uh, certificate typically. Um, that doesn't mean they know how to size radiators or fine tune or hydraulically connect the system into the house in the best way. Yeah. Exactly the same as that. An F gas engineer hasn't been taught the thermodynamics or uh, building dynamics as yeah. to how to get the most performance out of that uh, and most comfortability, which is. Uh,
1: and I think, Adam, this is because obviously systems used to be basic on off control you literally the compressor would come on full pelt once it reached temperature go off there was very little you know like cars there was very little to go wrong on them and it was like boilers was the same sort of thing and obviously the technology you know for example um Dakin invented um VR VRV and VRF yeah um, their particular version of it was VRV they invented that in 1982 so the technology has been around for a long that, time that's, now that's the modulating basically the modulating it's exactly but, the
0: same story as the heat boilers sorry carry yeah,
1: on yeah but your your basic split systems these days and you, you you know whether you've got a multiple unit that has three or four indoor units on one outdoor unit they're still modulating they're a small, you know they're a softer version of, of VRV but they still limit the amount of refrigerant flow by um, slowing the compressor down yes. so but to be able to understand those you have to generally go on more advanced commissioning courses and a lot of the manufacturers are quite close to this so you've got to go on their particular course and pay money to go on that training course. A lot of the bigger systems you have to plug a laptop in to be able to do those but you know the basic system which we're, we're probably talking about today, you can access some of those sit- sit- settings regularly through the wired controller. But it's important to note as well when you get your user manual after you've had your system installed, if there is any settings given to you, it won't be able to change these settings. They're known as field settings or installation settings.
0: This, this, this the parallels here between the uh, wet, wet systems uh, and air to air are like I would never have thought there was. So, and looking back, it's like kind of obvious. But um I, I genuinely feel like He Geek now has a new mission. This is literally what we do in He Geek. Yeah, we just need to angle it now towards air to air to perfect that and improve the reputation. Because the yeah. reason heat pumps weren't taking off, and yeah, you know, they, they what well, they definitely are taking off now actually, uh, was because of this lack of understanding. Yeah, uh, perhaps it's the same with air to air. And if we improve the knowledge, people are going to start to love air to air. Like you've now given a new um a new mission for heat geek and i can definitely see a, an additional kind of uh aim here where we, we talk about this because this is all relevant so yes can convected air make it's still convection right um, it is yeah uh, uh, c- uh, uh convection may be less comfortable there's but there's a way of making convected heat more comfortable that's the point Mark. yeah
1: so that kind of leads me on to the the other point that i wanted to just discuss is it's really important to know that obviously air-to-air systems or air conditioning, as it's widely known, you know, however you you know decide how many things you're doing with that air, whether you're filtering it or humidifying it, that kind of thing. Yes. The the delivery method of heat into the air is is via that air, which obviously transfers it from the refrigerant into the air, and then obviously a fan blows that into the room. So compare that to your climate control system in your car. When you get in that car and it's either really cold or it's really hot, the fans will ramp up really fast, because the more air you move, the more duty you're getting from the system, and that's the same as having more water flow through a radiator, more water flow equals more duty. From yep. the system so it's exactly the same thing so you limit that by your fan speeds yep. so like like i've just compared it to a cars climate control system once you start to reach the temperature that you've actually set your comfortable temperature the fans will start to slow down to provide less duty Yep, yep, yeah so the, the the big thing here is air-to-air systems or air conditioning systems anything that moves the air it's it's duty rated based on the fan speed setting to high
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: so a 3.5 kilowatt unit for example will only provide that duty with the fan speed set to high and it's rated at certain outdoor temperatures so they may base that on 25 degrees outside with a high fan speed setting with an indoor temperature of 21 degrees for example Mm -hmm. this varies across manufacturers with that fan speed set to high so if you've sized and picked a unit to provide 3.5 kilowatt duty on a 30 degree day, obviously we've had 40 degrees this summer in some places, and your heating or cooling load is 3.5 kilowatts. Then on a cold or hot day, depending on if you're in heating or cooling, you'll have to run that unit at the high fan speed to get the required airflow through the unit to give you that duty. So the room temperature is reached, then you can start to drop back the the fan speeds, which ultimately then starts giving you a lower output to the room. What happens is, is people just leave them in high you then burn out the motors you know if the if the volume fell properly
0: i would assume that it would naturally and again this is the to draw the. Yeah. this is modulating controls that came into the heating industry no yeah. one, people are starting to use weather compensation thank goodness yeah. finally. This is a similar sort of thing right so um they don't do i'm assuming they don't do weather compensators it's all kind of room based it's more well
1: there is in a way adam yes so you obviously some systems the indoor unit will have an automatic fan speed again same as your car climate control on auto so the fans you know some are better than others some of them won't and you literally can only select low medium or high fan speed so it's more down to the user to select and be a bit more adaptable if you get a unit that's got auto fan speed then it'll generally drop the fan speed down, but it still might only drop it to the minimum of medium. It yeah. might never go as low. So you might have yeah. to physically put it into low. So it's just understanding how the work. But the inverter units also have a temperature sensor on the outdoor unit. So that works on a linear control. So the colder it is outside, the unit knows the compressor has to work harder and, and it'll also run the outdoor fan faster or slower, depending on what the conditions are, to adapt the refrigerant temperature. To be able to give you the load so there as you know if it's an inverter driven system it will have an outdoor air temperature sensor
0: okay uh but it, if it didn't have that it would kind of get that from the feedback of the room wasn't up to temperature anyway and it would ramp yeah, up.
1: yeah but it's important it to be, be able healthy. to read the outdoor temperature because obviously that's where it's extracting the heat or it's dumping
0: the heat into yeah 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 i suppose more data the better this is really. Yeah um okay uh where was i um and then obviously once the room temperature starts to reach
1: then obviously that inverter will start to slow down as well because it knows that there's there's less of a difference
0: and this is key, key right slowing that fan speed down yeah uh, for one we're not removing the boundary layer around our body we're keeping the air stiller in the room which yeah more comfortable at lower temperatures um yeah it's more comfortable in general um uh so so fan speed is key make sure we lower that um so the, the the higher the fan speed, the smaller the delta T. The lower the span fan speed, the wider the delta T between the air inlet and the outlet. Right? Yeah. So is there a balance there? Like perhaps, oh, well, our fan speed's really slow, but it's really hot outlet, but not quick enough return. Uh, sorry. well
1: this is the problem. Even so, you know, like anything, there'll be certain times of the year it'll still be oversized if it's yeah. you know spring, autumn, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you could be oversized for cooling, or you could be oversized for heating. So. Again, if you aren't going to set your system properly and you're just going to run it in medium or high fan speed all the time, the unit may come up to temperature so quickly that the the control logic isn't able to reduce the the inverter speeds down quick enough so then you end up with cycling and that's the worst thing that can happen because once that unit's cycled off you then have to wait for the room temperature to drop by by a degree before it'll go right i need to kick back in again and then there'll be a period of like running period where maybe 10 minutes where the unit has to run at a certain frequency to allow for the oil to circulate through the system and then it'll settle back out and obviously again you've got the issue then of it's cycling because the root, you know, there's still too much air movement. So less
0: efficiency and less comfortability. yeah
1: yep. So you, uh, you know, it's the same as air to water. You want that system running for as long as possible on the heat inside using
0: scroll compressors obviously so what's like how come is it just because we've got to get that phase change thing going there's more fridge line and we've got to get more um uh, uh liquid into gas and vice versa you know
1: so there's some of them are, are scroll compressors they're not all scroll compressors generally the the larger systems are scroll um the issue we've got is in heating mode the refrigerant is circulating around the system and then it needs to be able to get back to the compressor so Yeah, between the two so actually yeah.
0: this is worse than like a monoblock in in a way because it's got more fridge line to kind of complete the uh the two phases right
1: in, in a way yes so what will happen with some systems is even if it's not needed to go into a defrost cycle because it's mild every maybe two or three hours it may shut down and do what's what is effectively a defrost cycle It'll yeah. be running cooling with the indoor fans off to allow for that refrigerant to be Passed back to the outdoor unit, and uh, yeah. that's just part of the control strategy. Okay, but,
0: but, and the, and the, exactly, and all these things we're fine tuning means that you you'll be minimizing either defrosts or that kind of process. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, okay, and it means it doesn't have to kind of start again and get the engine going. Um, yeah, you're very quickly like pulling all of my geeky attention. <laughs> air to air sounds actually fascinating. I think there's a fear in the heating industry. Air to air seems too easy, especially if it's like you know it's already gas filled or whatever and you can dump one unit on one side and uh one the other like where you know are we going to lose our jobs but i'm kind of being reassured here by no nope, it's nice and complicated we do still have a job i think uh, it's yeah, yeah
1: i think it's adapting i think there's a real opportunity to you know for everybody to move with the times and the technology that's been around since like 1982. it's not just chuck them in yes wall mounted units are easy to fit you've got obviously you've got to have the f gas you know we're lucky in this country is that only f gas engineers can do that and understand the you know the consequences of, of venting gas into I the think atmosphere.
0: Isn't there units though that are already charged with gas, and you can somehow not? It's a nightmare.
1: Out? Yeah, you, you know, if you get look that. on YouTube, you'll find a lot of the Americans installing their own systems, and they'll buy the kit online. You know, the, the vacuum pumps, and they'll they'll look they'll look. But like you do always need
0: out the gas, and like there's no like pre. You do, but
1: you'll see some people just venting a bit of the refrigerant out to clear the lines right you know you're meant to put nitrogen in there and you're meant to pressure test it. They, all the, kind the of
0: Americans thing. they don't have gas safe either they're just like, no but they no. also have you seen like this they're, they're behind on every level when it comes to like like condensing boilers are like fancy for them
1: well so, absolutely yeah I mean they've obviously you know over there you've got your um heat pump water heaters which I think we've now got over here now I'm not so you know I've not seen them as much but yeah. you know the, the Americans have huge big basements so you know some of these units are like monoblock units and they you know they just remove the heat from the room put it into the cylinder and the room temperature potentially could drop imagine if we did that over here in his little under you know under cupboard. I mean There's it's mental cupboard. anyway though, obviously if you're yeah.
0: building you don't want the, the, the ground floor cooler um yeah so that's another good point then so uh something else missing from my video which I I was aware of the the uh, Uh, air to water um, uh, uh, hot water cylinders but obviously uh, my argument at the time was if you're going to get that where you can afford a wet system just have you know just have a wet system but I was also missing I kept on talking about cassettes on the wall which actually cassettes are the ones in the roof ceiling right and the wall ones are called something else and then there's the ones that I think is that one behind you there tell me about what I'm missing so I
1: I'm at home at the moment I'm working from home at the moment so that you can see behind me under the well, it's not a mirror ball, it's a light fitting, but there's a ducted unit there in a bulkhead. And it's basically a unit that you might get in a hotel room. So you can either have the unit like that with just a grill on the front and you'll see underneath it where the pink light is, there's a return air grill there. And then obviously there's a filter in, in between, or you can have those units up in the loft, which I do as well. They're exactly the same units. However, there's flexible ductwork comes off the front of that. And then I've just got you know, supply and return grills in each of the rooms upstairs that's how you can have them set but you've got to set them for the environment now when you fit these units you get a wall mounted controller with them whether it's a ceiling cassette unit or a ducted unit you generally get a wired controller installed with them and they come as default set to medium static pressure so assuming you've got a small bit of duct now there's there's hardly any static pressure on this system that I've got downstairs mm-hmm. um, and the same upstairs it's pretty much straight onto the grills and I've oversized the ductwork so yeah, that the there is less...
0: get pushed far to yeah. get where it's got to go out so
1: you've got to set the ESP the external static pressure or in your case Adam the ceiling height which basically Sets the fan speeds that you can configure on the wired controller. So the user might have a choice of low, medium, or high fan speeds, and that corresponds to lower revolutions of the motor. We we do
0: have that here, and I've seen the angles of the fins. I've played around with that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Knowing what's doing. So when you've got them set to medium there may be a certain number of revolutions that that motor goes that represents low fan speed medium and high fan speed so when you set the static pressures or ceiling height those low fan speeds then change so for example with a medium static pressure unit the fan speed in low may be the equivalent of medium if the static pressure was set to low if that makes sense yes it does yeah yeah if it's set to a high static pressure yeah, then yeah. The, f- the fan speed that you see when you set it to low may yeah. be the equivalent of high yes. on a low static pressure yeah, it just installation moves the range
0: around the yes. band yeah,
1: yes but nobody does that so effectively mm-hmm. you know you you're installing a system with with low ceilings you know or low low static pressure and you're actually getting much more duty than the units rated for
0: is there like a how to guide on it like this sounds like I mean I'm sure you could write a book on it and make it really complicated but like step one set precious it's set two, set fins that they write. are write they call fins.
1: there is there is no guide on what to do it will and be it's truly down to yeah it's truly down to to people being interested in that but again there's people putting wall mounted units in yeah when you've got a simple remote controller you yeah. know you don't have the same level of settings to do so it's down to being able to set it to low fan speed. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and have it you know, using what you've got and generally that might be enough, you always want your veins, you know your louvers pointing down to the floor in heating. Because that's the best way to get the, the warm air down to the floor, you may yeah. even need to run it at medium that's- or high for a short period
0: yes yeah that's you know week.
1: and yeah. then drop it down auto fan speed it might work well on your unit but generally the auto fan speed when it thinks it's reached temperature it might only lower it as low as medium which really which my which my cassette unit at home in my my garden office does it only ever drops it down to medium and then it ends up cycling off if i drop the fan speed down to slow on the controller myself it runs fairly for another five or ten minutes before it has to cycle off on, of on a mild
0: day um, so, uh, interesting point about the louvers. So, I, when we were doing the heating, I figured out that we should point the louvers right down uh, to get this. Because if we point it up, we were just heating our heads, basically. Just yeah. Well, obviously, you got that stratification. I mean changing stratification yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so the issue what, in heating. But, but, but what I've what I failed to recognize, and made, I don't really work downstairs, so uh, it didn't really need it. I didn't change them uh, for during the summer when we were trying to cool. Uh, just, I've just clicked. So Obviously you literally the just way have way that cold so air dropping. the to need to move it the other way around for, Yeah, if you visualize
1: in cooling, the air you want the air to blanket the ceiling so and then it naturally drops.
0: To go on that controller in cooling, I want them this angle, and heating, I want them this angle. Some of them do.
1: Have... Some of them remember what settings uh, you've had well, them in. Okay, right. So um, sometimes you can oh. set them into auto, but again, it's all down to the how the manufacturers developed it i I believe mitsubishi electric remember the difference between heating and cooling lg for example they don't they literally it's whatever it is and it's down to you to change it
0: this is a daikin unit
1: Daikin, yes. So Daikin have been around for a long time. Some engineers don't rate them as highly now because they've, you know, they've they've moved on to R32 refrigerant. It's felt a little bit rushed, and we've, you know, for example, we we fitted one in an office in in a reception, a cassette unit, and within three months the compressor burnt out.
0: Uh, Again, this comes back to controls. Everyone's valuing: do heat pumps work? Does the box outside work? Yeah, yeah, it works if you have got the right control. Like, and, and the same for heating. How efficient is your boiler? well yeah. it's percent efficient yeah yeah if it's on the best controls and the best system yeah
1: the for the, the property that it's installed in.
0: It. exactly and like you know? uh, and, and i'm so glad that they're so like aligned and with each other and also this is empowering the guys on the ground and the boots uh, to be able to provide knowledge and it's not like oh yeah just get this fitted for the customer because although you know uh, customers do and yeah i don't mind diy is fine there should be a trade here, and uh, uh, you know, and I don't like things just being complicated for the sake of it. But is it empowerment of um, uh, uh, people to attack this issue, which is climate change? That's the whole thing of what we're about: empowering the heat geeks. Um, yeah, I'll be going a bit deep there. Um, no, but it's uh,
1: very true because you know, you you install a system properly whether it's a boiler or air conditioning or an air to air system, however you want to call it, you install that properly. And the customer's really happy and they tell people, you know, everybody loves walking into a nice cold supermarket on a really yeah. hot day. But if you've got to sit in there or work in there, it's not going to be very pleasant, but it's always nice to walk into a cool space, less so walking into a red hot office reception in the, in the winter. It's not nice when you've walked across town. Yeah. So having things set up properly, um, so yeah. that it's, it's as efficient as possible it is the way we should be going and engineers we've got some really good engineers because they've had to do those exams to to understand the refrigerant cycle and, and the best practices, but. The control side of it we're not really up to speed and it's, it's exactly the same argument as the boiler situation that we've had it's all down to controls and and how we move forward with the best settings for the customers house
0: that is a large chunk of the heat geek course as well um it, it controls uh, I, I just haven't thought of it from the air side yet because of lack of experience so just well, a lot of
1: these settings follow on yeah. from so for example we, we're going to change our cassette unit hopefully to be able to set it to low ceiling height which will basically reduce the fan speeds you may go we need to knock it up a notch because it's you know you may need to run it in medium fan speed instead of low because it might not be enough you've got to tinker You know, and none of this is dangerous to the system. It's all settings that are just fan speed related. But for example, on a unit, when you change it to read from the indoor unit at ceiling level to read from the controller at lower level, you've then got to take the temperature differential off. So units by default that read from the ceiling usually have an up to four degree temperature. So if you've got 20 degrees set on the controller, yeah, once the room temperature reaches 24 degrees or above at ceiling level that's when the unit will cycle off because it's allowing for the air that's risen to ceiling level otherwise if it was only doing it on a typical half a degree or one degree
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it'd
1: be off all the time yeah of course but that doesn't work in every room so once you've changed that on the controller to read from the wired controller then you need to change the differential but dead band so that it's reading more like a traditional thermostat would yeah, yeah. and then ultimately you get getting more efficiently because you're not
0: overheating by four degrees amazing there's so many things to tinker with here like this is fun super fun so could you explain in simple terms for the uh for uh, the viewers what the basic different types of systems are so i know you can have an outside unit and one internal unit an outside unit yeah. and three and then uh you either got things on the wall which are called watts and or the thing yeah. behind you which is called what and yep. uh you know what, what what options have we got fair to air
1: yeah so there's so many different options now it's literally quite crazy because obviously we're trying to go into the domestic market so you've literally got this vast choice of indoor units so if we start on basic terms you can have a one on one split similar to what you might have in an apartment on holiday you know you've on got a warm out a cheap they are very cheap units with you know but they work quite effectively cheap wall mounts, you've got an indoor unit and an outdoor unit so there's literally a co- one compressor and one indoor unit that you know sort of control each other you then can have a larger system so again it's a similar sort of outdoor unit and you can have up to six indoor units fed from the outdoor unit. So, for example, you might have one in your kitchen, your living room, and then your bedrooms, upstairs, all different types of units, whatever design you want to go for. Um, And what happens is, is all those units have to be in the same operating mode. You can have rooms at different temperatures, but you have to have them all in heating or cooling. You can have individual units turned off if you don't want them on, but you won't be able to have one room in cooling and one room in heating. If you wanted that option, you'd need to move to a VRV or a VRF system. And those mini VRF systems are starting to, you know, they are available now on the domestic market for smaller systems. Previously, there were very large systems designed for offices, so they are available now those systems allow you to also have heat recovery so for example if you've got a south south facing room in heating sorry a south facing room in cooling yeah you could then do a room in heating on the other side of the house using the heat that would have just been dumped to the outside air yeah, yeah. So really brilliant at spring. Does that go autumn, via
0: right? the refrigeration line or via the uh, ductwork? Obviously, back through the refrigeration. So it's
1: via the refrigeration line. So they'll have a three-pipe system, or you'll have a branch Wait, select. This
0: is, this is a, uh, a what's this called? A, a split system, right?
1: So these, so the particular system on about now, which is heat recovery, are known as VRF or uh, mini VRF or but vrv with, mini vrv
0: but without so, without but without the with the one without the heat recovery uh we're just talking one unit outside multiple inside that's they're just,
1: they're just known as mini splits mini or split. multi-splits you, can, you know again you can have them either just a one-on-one system or a multiple uh, system but if you're wanting the heat recovery element it has to be a, a mini vrv or a, a vrf system
0: but what does vrv and vrs stand for
1: So vrv is variable refrigerant volume and VRF is variable
0: refrigerant flow which basically means modulating
1: yes so you've got um, a a variable speed compressor you've also got electronic expansion valves to each unit whether that's in a branch selector box or in the outdoor unit themselves or in the indoor unit and that will allow the amount of refrigerant to be varied to allow to basically control the duty and the output of the unit
0: in in that area yeah
1: in that particular zone that the unit's installed in or, or serving
0: all right, so we've got a one a one-on-one unit a one-on-one, so a
1: one-on-one unit. One split is just the bog standard you know indoor unit on one outdoor unit that's just a, yeah. a mini split system we've got a, multi- a multi-split unit which is basically a bigger version of the mini split where you've got a one-on-one it's the same sort of outdoor unit with a bigger compressor and you're this various numbers of parts up to about six where you're able to connect the the you know the relevant numbers of of indoor units to that same larger unit
0: okay here's a question then so the vrv and the vrf units yeah they can can take heat energy from somewhere else and put them in there or the other way around yeah can we can we take the heat from the building and put it in the hot water from those units yeah
1: that's been around for a while now yes but again it's something that isn't really talked about that system's already been around for quite a while so again you think of it in the summer You've got you, you know, you want your rooms nice and cool, but you don't want to just reject that heat to the outside. So you can actually then put that into cylinders or however you want to store the hot water. And you're
0: filtering and conditioning the air while you're doing you it.
1: are, you remove the humidity. You know, we've even gone as far now on on these systems where the control strategies actually also take into account the outdoor humidity and air temperature. Obviously, I already told you that they did earlier in the in the chat. So that was based on basic inverter frequencies based on the outdoor air temperature. But it's now so closely controlled is that we can set the evaporation temperature of the refrigerant. So if it's just say, for example, it's quite mild outside and the air is dry, which we have a lot in this country less cooling due to may be needed now ordinarily you get you, you put the system on and it will feel quite cold because it's removing the humidity from the air yes. and you don't want that cold dumping of air so now the systems will actually run a uh, uh, allow the evaporation temperature to to level out and float out so the system isn't over drying the air then if it's a really hot day with high humidity then the evaporation temperature is more of what you'd expect from a traditional system yes. to allow for the air to de- be dehumidified and improve those comfort mm-hmm. levels. So mm-hmm. it really is very vast. And some of these VR, VRV and VRF features. And now starting to filter through into the lower end systems
0: yeah 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 the domestic systems
1: yeah so well you know obviously lg system i mean that's a lot of my background i've got lg in my house i've got a multi-split system so we you know we're a step up from a basic one-on-one split but I'm, my um, multi split system has a smart load control feature which allows it to use the outdoor air temperature to set that refrigerant temperature
0: um is that got a specific name where we can uh take the heat from the room and put it into the hot water or is that just a normal mini so, yeah, yeah, so
1: it's obviously vrv or vrf with heat recovery so or you've you like I say you've got the lg systems which have got their it own recovery, of that. Basically. but it, you basically have a hydro box which looks a little bit like a boiler
0: oh uh, okay you so that will send fridge line through a plate i'm guessing yeah. and then on the plate you've got a wet side that goes through a coil essentially. yeah or so actually the, you wouldn't the, even need a coil would you you just go you just have the domestic hot water going through the plate
1: well, this is it so you'll have like a branch selector box which basically diverts the refrigerant so you'll have three pipe refrigerant so a traditional system is a two pipe system you'll have your liquid in your gas lines. Yeah. And the refrigerant will flow whichever way. It, okay. whichever mode it's in a three pipe system allows the third pipe to send the refrigerant to whatever you know whether you're heating it or you're, you're sending it to hot water and that will allow a certain amount to go to the outdoor unit if, if it needs to get rid of, of excess heat
0: can those units and do those units use r32 or r290 so we can get to anti-legionella temperatures
1: yes so some of them now are developed really quite high temperatures now so it's not really an issue anymore r32 yes that's coming out now i believe now Dakin have even invented a VRV that is R32 because it was always above a certain amount of um, refrigerant, certain kilograms of refrigerant that you were allowed to use R32 and they've now developed that.
0: Okay, that's cool. You have
1: got there, but it's it's like the the choice of indoor units. You know, we said earlier about the um, radiant is the best form of heat and it, it generally is. You can be comfortable in a room with underfloor heating or radiators provided you've got the right, you know, level of insulation. You can be comfortable in a room at 19 or 20 degrees the only downside is is using just air to deliver that heat is you've got to maybe have that set a slightly higher temperature but i couldn't say for sure whether that's an impact on the efficiency because we're delivering directly into the air rather than trying to transfer that into water first of all so this is something would be really interesting to know
0: so let's assume the scopes are the same or air to air is slightly better if the room temperature is slightly hotter it doesn't matter if it's better efficiency you're still losing more heat from the building yeah and the other thing that's important to realize is that no system is only radiant or convective with a radiant system you eventually heat the air so you end yeah. up with a bit of both and with a convective yeah. system you eventually heat the walls so you end up with a bit of yeah. both. it's just the amount of each and then they kind of settle just slightly offset they, they start off very different and then they kind of yeah.
1: Together. And, and I think it's the choice of the indoor unit as well so if you're if you're going right this is going to be my new heating system I want rid of my radiators because I want to save wall space, you may go for a high wall unit. You know, you know the standard wall mount units, or you may go for ducted. Yeah. the downside to those is obviously it's getting that heat pushed down to the floor. It's generally not a problem if they're set up properly. But there's all sorts of grills now yeah. that, for example, the ones in my bedrooms upstairs, they've got like a wax element in them. So when the airflow starts to warm up, they open the blades to automatically. There's no electric, and they point right. the airflow down. Nice. And then when it when the airflow cools, they close back up yeah, to yeah. direct the air across the ceiling. Right. But you you connects connect your floor console units they are designed to go where a radiator would go at the same height yes. they have a radiant heating panel in them yeah so you know these also give radiant heat out as well so you've yes. got that same kind of heat because everybody misses that that's what people miss when you move over to air to air from a wet system with radiators yeah, so yes. you know those units also blow air out warm air out at feet level so you're getting that benefit of floor you know you want to warm a room up from the floor upwards or as low to the floor as you, absolutely yeah that's
0: why the radiators are on the floor yeah absolutely. it creates a natural convection and
1: cooling you need to set if you know if it's a floor mounted you you want to send it up to the ceiling exactly you don't want to direct it up the you're floor working
0: mist. with convection if you create yeah. the heat source at the ground you don't need to turn up the fan it will naturally create circulation same for cooling put it up high it naturally convects and co-
1: absolutely and it mixes with the air that's already rising so exactly. that's kind of what you want, you know. I, I'm really big on what the Americans do. They have ceiling fans, and they use them in reverse, and that really mixes the air up. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, because if you, you know, people with vaulted ceilings, all that kind of well, thing, is I mean, you've got so much heat, or even with wood
0: burners. Okay, I've got arguments against that. So um let's say we've got a cassette or whatever, you, or, yeah. or a vent. So it's cassettes or vents, basically. We're talking about, isn't it? There's no other. So cassettes, wall mount
1: so a wall mounted unit a high wall, ma- you know a typical yeah, like you yeah, have in an office or yeah. whatever or in a, in a holiday apartment they're warm wall mounted units okay. the one in your office is a ceiling mounted cassette yeah. okay then you've got so, ducted units or floor console units however right, they look.
0: Okay. right with you so my argument back against that would be um if you allow just that fan to circulate let's say it's uh, let's say it's in cooling so uh, yeah or, or yeah let's say it's in cooling it's sending out cool air And the warm air is coming up from underneath you'll get a better dt or better heat transfer across the heat exchanger because you're going from a hotter to a colder wider the delta t the better the heat transfer or the the heat exchanger in there so big it doesn't really matter if i reverse that and say we're blowing down hot air um uh sorry we're blowing yeah down hot air which is hopefully pushing colder air back in um if we instead mixed up that and destratified that building you'd have slightly warmer air coming in it should be boosted a bit that in theory for a heat transfer would lower the tr- heat transfer coefficient, which would lower the efficiency in general. But I don't know if that's a, a localised efficiency drop rather than uh, a whole system efficiency drop. Does that question? Yeah, me?
1: I think if you think of it, if you if you've got these layers of air in a room, and say you've got 26 degrees near the top of the ceiling, again, it depends on the property doesn't it. But I've got ceiling fans. And I know for a fact when when I've got the units on in heating, it gets the room up to temperature quicker if I run the ceiling fan okay because it's just stirring that air, and you get a more even temperature I suppose there's two
0: questions there you know because for me speed of heat up shouldn't be important it should just yeah. be comfortable when you walk in there whether you yeah, yeah or whatever yeah uh, if you're quicker but less efficient I'm all about efficiency I'd rather be efficient but uh, assuming in both scenarios I'm comfortable like that's yeah. obviously a given that has to be consistent and um, so as long as you're comfortable, who cares what speed it into? totally
1: yeah well totally but I think when you have if you walk into a cold room you've got and then you start introducing warm air the warm air starts pushing down doesn't it so. It's purely a comfort thing. You you know you naturally want to be warm as quick as possible. Was, but sure. an why air source heat cold. pump, you'd probably run it on lower most of the time.
0: what Why is the room cold though? Because um like if we're talking about keeping our um, fan yeah. speed as low well as possible to yeah. in scops. I mean, as is the main energy is the compressor, not the fan speed. As yeah, part. yeah. But um, uh, uh, but the, if 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 the compressor sort of running at lower temperature, yeah. and, uh, it increases scop as well. Uh, yeah. Then don't we want to come? from a uh don't let the house don't, if, if the room has to come back from yeah. colder to hotter refrigerant's going to have to you know jump up and work harder we lose efficiency don't we so isn't it isn't there some like setback that we should like oh,
1: absolutely yeah it's the same sort of thing it will yeah. you know air to air is generally a bit more if you let the room temperature drop it's the fabric and everything in that room that is also sucking the heat out isn't it so you know your air temperature might be quite pleasant but yeah, you go yeah. and sit on that cold sofa and you're going to feel quite chilly. So I think really, you know, it's just good to yeah. stir up that air, really. Yeah. that's I think it's yeah, yeah. just and have an even temperature. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the benefit of using a ceiling fan in summer is it allows you to set the, the set point higher. Yes. Because you've then got that natural cooling from that yeah so you know in summer you can use a ceiling fan to again just mix the air up but because you're getting that air movement across the body you you might be then comfortable at 24 degrees instead of having to set it to 21.
0: yeah and, and then there's another thing here like uh, and you should really put heating systems in a house for the house not for the occupants yeah however if you're only in your house uh and awake in your house two hours in the evening and one hour in the morning why wouldn't you just go air to air like a quick little blast here and a little blast yep. there, rather than getting a whole wet system going which runs better when it's more continued so there's lots of variables to kind of consider however I like to say I would kind of size it to the property in general um so we've got one-to-ones mini splits uh the different types of uh, either cassettes or wall consoles or floor consoles you have to forgive me if you've got the, the names wrong is there any other type of air to air type thing that we've missed from this kind of um uh, i suppose uh what about um mvhr like would that just be considered like um uh, a a post heater or a post cooler depends
1: uh- how far you want to go because i do believe there are companies now you know that if, if you move on to the commercial settings so if we look at an, an air handling unit for an, an office building that unit will heat cool, dehumidify it, even humidify the incoming air and to whatever grade filtration you want that to be that is you know really really doing major stuff with the incoming fresh air a mechanical heat recovery system is obviously using the extractor to preheat or pre-cool the incoming fresh air and filter it that's pretty much yeah but then,
0: and then on top of that you can my, my my thing is so you've got the mvhr which you know yeah. uh, exchanges the heat but then you put yeah. you can put post coolers and post heaters on which go back to a um
1: yeah you can yeah that, that can there's so many different configurations is the the, the issue we've got is that these air-to-air systems got really bad names. I remember that I can't remember where it was now, but there was a, there was a company that I think it was NIEB, NIBE. Yeah, they in yeah. there was a housing association that yeah, installed yeah. them in this thing and they had such a bad thing because they basically put this little 300 watt compressor unit bringing in fresh air and then expected that to provide the heat output of the house which was quite well insulated. Yeah, and it just no, didn't work and people no, no, then no. ended up using there, fan heaters. There
0: was a lot there in how they were installed and I think yeah. it was more how they were installed and um tweaked because I think they were put in by planners basically. Uh, yeah um but yeah I, there, yeah there's a whole story there i think quite a lot of people know about that one uh you, just, the general public will hear that and go oh i'm not we'll read the google them. reviews outdated google reviews i know um so with the ducting like you've got the ducted um unit with the vent uh, uh, above yeah. you there. isn't it an absolute pain to run ducting and then box it in through like our, our old housing store or normal houses like is it, it or, or is there ways of kind of getting around it where actually it's not as bad as you might think
1: so like the units down here there's literally the unit and then there's a grill fitted onto the front of the unit and then I've, I've obviously made a feature out of it and dropped the, the drop the ceiling a little bit there in the kitchen so yeah. it, it depends how you want it to look you know it, I think it looks quite right, so that, that's, not ducted, uh, that's not
0: ducted that's not ducted too that's just the it's entirety. a ducted unit
1: as in it's designed, it can have ductwork on, but it's literally just a unit in the ceiling with plasterboard around it and then there's an intake, a chrome duct intake grill underneath and then a supply grill on the front. And that's pretty much how they are installed in hotel rooms when you see them in a hotel room with a grill. It's the same sort of thing. Or you may have a very small piece of, of, of ductwork to branch between the unit and the grill. And these are low static ductwork units, so they're designed to go in them sort of spaces yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can you know you can you know this can also have maybe up to maybe a couple of meters of ductwork on the front. That you know, because the fans are designed for that kind of thing, then you've got your medium and high static pressure units. They look the same, you know they're slightly bigger but they're designed for you know commercial settings where you've generally got longer ductwork yes, yes, but so yes. most people would be get away with a low static unit um in the loft the installation things the same so it's flexible ductwork there's a little filter thing that i lift out you could have that installed in the intake in the room if you wanted but it, it depends on how you want it to look you know for me it doesn't bother me going up into the loft to, to clean the filter you know but some people might want to be able to do that from the room that they're in
0: okay this might um uh, be a, a strange thing um Would it be more uh, efficient in the summer? I just let my mind wander here. So yeah, clean uh, cool the building, and I'm talking about RF uh, heat recovery type system. Um, Cool the building about, put it in the hot water. Cooling the loft, literally, because that's where like most of the heat is. Would we get more efficiency because we're going from a hotter source? um uh to put in the hot water rather than cooling down the living room so let's say we didn't really care too much about the the um the temperature of the kitchen which is actually really hot if the loft was hotter would we get more efficiency from dragging from there and putting that in our hot water or is it much of a muchness
1: not really considered to be honest i mean if you think a loft may get up to 50 60 degrees would you really want that going across the indoor units that are designed for a certain temperature range i mean i mean i have a fresh air system that i designed and built myself i've got literally a mini air handling unit in my loft and that just brings fresh filtered air into the house but i have thought of doing that before of in the summer Right, because it does. I mean, it's not. You know, at the end of the day, I want a fresh air I live next to the motorway. In the summer, it brings whatever temperature air is in from outside. But in the winter, when I used to run the, the gas central heating, it used to have a water battery and connected to the boiler, so you know, that to pre temper the incoming air. But to use, I mean, when it was first installed and they were doing the commissioning, it was in summer, and they had it running in the loft. And this right. is just a 1930s house with yeah. the typical slate. There's no insulation in under under the roof. I've got normal loft insulation, and it cooled the loft down. It worked, you know. So you could potentially, you know, use your, your loft as a return plenum potentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But really, once that water's heated up, it's done, isn't it?
0: yeah yeah. yeah. So unless yeah, you're yeah, drawing yeah, loads yeah. of
1: water off
0: I, I just kind of like I, you've would... got an
1: infinite heat source haven't you when you're cooling in the summer pretty much uh,
0: yeah i suppose yeah absolutely and um especially if you've got a uh, um you know french doors or whatever pointing south like that's where the heat source is because that's where it really comes from to get to the loft anyway and actually.
1: cooling your loft but you're going to be wasting energy because you're not unless you're occupying that space
0: yeah, I mean, um, y- 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 well, because I, I suppose you're going to get some, and we're really going off track, so this might get edited out, but I like this kind of thinking. Uh, like, let's say, like, so your your loft is actually getting solar, it's a solar panel, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, totally, yeah. But also, yeah, you're like getting a greenhouse heat. effect. Exactly. And yeah. you're getting heat from the house. So if you call cool your loft more heat will leave your house to go into that loft like that's yeah. point. plus you've got these solar panels basically so i'm kind of but this is just like so the thing there to through. remember
1: if you think right so your ceilings your ceilings that separate your bedrooms from your loft are generally insulated or they should be yeah. Yeah, so yeah, to yeah. get the heat transfer yeah. enough to you know to have a benefit to call cool the house yeah. that you'd be looking at chilled beam territory yeah, yeah. So chilled beams in a commercial setting work by cold water going through a, a beam, and it allows on natural convection currents in the room to cool the air. But you need the transfer.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah so yeah. Yeah. in theory, yeah, you 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 remove the heat from the loft, you're going to get a cool loft, but to, it wouldn't give you any well, benefit. I see
0: what I like about all of this and uh, all the different options is that you get to create something bespoke and, and play around with those kind yeah. of ideas. To like the the amount of options like just seem absolutely endless with normal wet heating it's like if you can go on the floor like that's just the winner Uh, uh, and if you can't get as big a radiator as possible i will say
1: adam right is refrigerant for refrigerant for the refrigerant cycle to work properly there's certain parameters that the system will you know, you know, you can't, you couldn't, for example, you know, you could have the air blowing out of the unit and cooling, which mine does, it can come out as high as 16 degrees, depending on the outdoor air temperature. Now, in a t- if in an office environment with loads of people, that you'd have to really oversize. that's called, uh, that kind of system would have to be really oversized to deliver the same amount of cooling at 16 degrees. That's called sensible cooling. So in a house to do the same sort of thing, wow. you'd, you'd have to massively oversize the system. But I think it's important to notice when you use these air to water systems, you can have them same sort of indoor units.
0: Mm.
1: So instead of a radiator, you like you've obviously tried to use the radiators to do the cooling and, and you know you there was a cooling benefit there but when you added the fans it was even better
0: yeah.
1: you could instead of radiators you could go for wall mount units or whatever choice Yeah, yeah yeah well, I mean we,
0: we we've and got the we've settings, radians, like yeah you get radiators you know the
1: settings like that. you've seen you can set that chilled water temperature on a on a linear curve Yes, yes yes so you could have really gentle cooling which delivers the most efficiency um, and then the same for heating you would be able to set the floor temperature that the fan coil unit's doing and you'll probably be able to set that fan coil unit to to be something like 25 degrees whereas on a radiator you might need 30 odd degrees
0: mm. because you're using it's, it's fan assisted yeah yeah of course you've got better heat, heat uh, yeah um awesome um is there anything you think's missing from this that we talked about previously or that needed updating from my previous video
1: No, i think that's everything really i think you know fan fan assisted units you are getting the most efficiency because you are delivering the heat directly into the space rather than it being transferred from water but again what at the moment the water systems because you can set separate chilled and water you know hot water temperatures you've got more efficiency at your fingertips straight away um but again most people are going to go for radiators
0: quick question then what do you know? What the average, like best scops are with a, a air-to-air system?
1: It varies so much. It depends on how much you want to spend on a system. The best
0: scenario. Would you get above
1: five? I think in some situations you can get above five. I think it's important to note as well is if you go for a one-on-one split, that system has been optimized for the indoor unit. Yeah, you have a multiple split system, and say you just ran one indoor unit. Yeah um or that you know that's how you ever run the system you like you fit all these units and you only have one or one unit you're running one big compressor outside that compressor's got a certain amount minimum amount that it can turn back down by so multi-split systems are good if you use the system all at the same time you know or you might size it to only do the downstairs during the day and the upstairs at night so you the, it's a very very wide and varied question okay. is that because it depends I, I, on the install so you said
0: uh, uh and uh, we were kind of aware of this you need to size for cooling a lot bigger than you do for heating if we're using just an air-to-air system and it's running seven seven months of the year is typical for heating for heating to run um obviously that's where most of the efficiency is and to get that the most efficient we need to size the unit well so if we put in an air-to-air system for heating. Uh, is it more going to perhaps be comfort cooling when it gets to like 40 degrees outside or whatever like it was down south not too long ago um uh, rather than a targeted temperature in the room i think it
1: depends so yeah because it's all down to humidity isn't it if if the humidity is if the air so think of like las vegas you could go to las vegas and it's 50 degrees but the humidity might be 10% and yeah. you it'll feel blistering hot but you the sweat will evaporate. Yeah, you yeah, go yeah. to somewhere where it's really humid or something, you know, the south coast of Spain, and it's really uncomfortable at 30 odd degrees. And it's yeah, the same yeah. in this country, is our yeah. homes are designed to keep that heat in. So yeah. I think it's important to understand that how the two work. But I think to get it's just hard to explain, really. I'm just trying to think I think, think, I,
0: think I think the point you just made is really important. People get obsessive about the temperature when actually yeah. they want is to be comfortable. It's the yeah. same It's the same thing with cust- uh, people say, or engineers often say, oh, my customers want to make sure the ra- radios are ra- ra- blazing hot, or you get a call from the customer, why aren't my radios hot? What temperature are you? Yeah. Forget about the temperature radiator, and we're going one step further than that. Forget about what the wall says. Oh, it's not twenty-one. You want to be yeah. Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm pretty chilly. Actually, I've got a jumper on. Well, then yeah. don't well this is
1: it. You look at a number and, and and comfort. Everyone's got a different comfort level. I mean, what we have we do? Well, we used to do. We've controllers that were in offices, available for people to touch. On Mitsubishi Electric, you used to be able to set one of the settings so that there would be. A, you know, they may be only able to adjust it two degrees either way of what the set point is yeah and once they turned it up above that yeah the unit will still only be able to go to 24 degrees but it looked to them like they'd set it to 30 they degrees feel comfortable and, and oh yeah i'm lovely and warm now or you know even just by saying to people oh we've made adjustments to the temperature yeah. and yeah. you might not have made adjustments to the temperature but you've allowed that person there's to there's a
0: settle. lot of psychology there um so you could be at the same temperature the same humidity uh look outside and it's sunny and feel hot and then you can see snow and you could literally feel cold like that is literally how things work this is it they think got it's a radiant a, effect, yeah. effect through the window as well, and everything else. Go Another on.
1: point to make, where you've just said about, we generally oversize the cooling. Yeah, it's actually the other way around. So yeah. air conditioning, you well this is my opinion and i think this is this so if you've got 20 degrees outside you're probably looking to control the temperature you know or 30 degrees you're looking to control the temperature inside to 22 degrees for example yeah you've got left of a difference so it's easier to cool a room than it is to heat where if it's five if it's zero degrees outside and you want 22 there's a bigger difference differential so you need more heating to deliver that same temperature.
0: Yeah, no, but the the, the problem I um uh, as far as I understood, so if we only looked at temperature differential and we looked at insulation, that would be correct, but uh when we're cooling, we're doing the temperature differential either side of the insulation, which are the walls and the windows, plus we've got internal gains of x y or z which will be yeah. a south facing window which you'd have to um uh, so you're saying 21 inside to to 30 outside and you want to do cooling yeah you're only factoring in the insulation but now you need to factor in it's not actually 21 inside because we've got all of this thermal energy being radiated from the sun plus someone's drying their hair with a hairdryer. Yes. whereas with cooling you're not saying Oh, there's someone um, uh, who's refrigerating inside somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, you're not. Yeah, creative, yeah. But you're not well, suffering. this again, this
1: is down to people being sensible. So, you you, you know, again, we will use the analogy of an office building. And I've had this before is the tenants will complain that it's red hot on the floor and you'll go up to the floor because, the, the you know, the, the building management systems saying that everything's within temperature. And there's no issues but you go up to the floor they've got no blinds fitted on the windows and it's like well what would you do at home would you ever shut your curtains to try and keep the heat out so they expect you to sort you know make the air conditioning colder to combat that that radiant heat like in your car for example on my car i have to say it down to 16 before i'm comfortable in the car because i need that higher airflow because of the radiant heat element yeah. so you you know it's all these different things it's a little bit like how the sun on a on a on a very cold day you can sit outside and have a coffee at a coffee shop because that radiant heat's so more powerful than than the cold air around it mm-hmm. but it's the same with cooling is you yeah. like you say if you have solar gain you need to take reasonable steps to try and reduce that through you know through blinds or just you know other sort of methods on the windows to reduce yeah. that and then you you don't have to be as extreme if if we was to size every building or home to account for those right, right. few days of sunshine we get i mean we've had a really good summer this year yes. you would just end up with the systems completely cycling you would have no realms yeah, to you lose do exactly. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and even on a day if you slightly undersize that system and you get the worst case scenario days your rooms may be a little bit warmer than the set point you're asking for but generally the room you're still going to become more comfortable than what you would be outside
0: uh so yeah thanks again for coming on the show and um i think we're definitely going to have you on again if you're um yeah if you're up for it yeah brilliant that'd be great adam yeah thanks very much